It's so good to, to be together today, and we want to say thank you to our worship team. Aren't they incredible? Let's, let's just show our appreciation. Thank you for leading us, and thank you for being here for this very special day, this special service of, of praise and prayer. So good to be out here in the open air, just in, in the creation of our Lord. I want to... Uh, to lead us in prayer. I'm eager to see what God is going to do in the next 21 days as we devote ourselves to, to him and to prayer and fasting. I came across a, a quote from Derek Prince. He says, on the basis of the record of the whole Bible, I would say that prayer and fasting combined constitute the strongest single weapon that has been committed to God's believing people. I want to lead us in the third request on your card to seek God's direction for the church's response to the government's intervention in our ability to gather for worship. Would you join me in prayer? Let's bow together. Our Lord God, we come humbly before you as the one we seek our ultimate direction from. We take our marching orders from you, and we want to walk in step with your spirit as you guide us. We want to understand and interpret and follow your word. We want to bring honor and glory to you in every decision we make, in all of our actions, in every move we make. And we pray this morning, Father God, that our government leaders will be directed by you whether they fully realize it or acknowledge it or not, that they will avail themselves of your wisdom in difficult decisions, decisions that, that impact your church and opening doors for us to meet in person and inside the buildings that you have provided for us as places of worship and prayer and learning and fellowship. And honestly, Honestly, Father, we long for that day and what a day of rejoicing it's going to be. We pray that it will come sooner rather than later. And in the meantime, we acknowledge that you're teaching us many things about ourselves and our trust in you. You're forming and shaping our character. And we've been learning what it means to, to be your church. And I pray that, that the lessons we have learned about being the church on mission will be long lasting. And while we honor those in authority and governance over us, we pray for, for your leading in when we should speak out and even when, when we should push back in a way that reflects well on you and, and your son, our Lord Jesus Christ. And bring us together as churches across this county that we might speak with, with a united voice and that we might find favor with, with those in leadership and move in their hearts and minds that, that they would realize in new ways the importance and impact of your church in our communities and city and state and nation. And Father, we pray that we will be salt and light in whatever ways you prompt us to respond. So we, we pray you would lead us and guide us, and we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen.
Thank you, Pastor Randy. That was a great prayer. As we have heard many times already today, today we kick off a 21-day period here in San Joaquin County where Quail Lakes Baptist Church is joining together with many other churches of the county in this 21 days of prayer and fasting. In a moment, I'm going to detail the programs and the activities within the 21-day uh, period and how we're, uh, we're going to be involved. But first, I want to talk to you a little bit about fasting because we don't talk a lot about fasting here at Quail. And uh, I want to make sure we understand what it is, what it isn't. Uh, and uh, we see it throughout Scripture, and we also see that it carries with it some potential pitfalls that we need to be aware of. Jesus, in Luke 18, warns us. He pictures a Pharisee who stands and brags in a loud voice, I fast twice a week. And right there, you see the pitfall, and that is pride. You see, fasting is a discipline of self-denial, and it's something that happens quietly, uh, all by ourselves usually, but it can be turned into an opportunity for self-promotion, that kind of flaunts a look-at-me kind of attitude, see-how-holy-I-am kind of attitude that Jesus warns us against. I chuckle as I remember a situation in my own past that when I was in seminary and I was sitting in the lunchroom in the cafeteria eating lunch and a guy came and sat across the table from me, had no food whatsoever, and I became a little self-conscious about eating my sandwich in front of this man who had no food. So I offered him half of my sandwich and immediately he said, oh, no, 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 I'm fasting. I thought to myself, what are you doing in the cafeteria then? You know? I mean, this is meant to be something that we do quietly. Nevertheless, even with that pitfall in mind, fasting and praying for a purpose is seen all through Scripture, in both Old and New Testaments. When fasting and prayer go together, what we're doing is we're creating a space in our life where we let God fill in a purposeful way. In a sense, when we fast, we're creating a hunger, if you will, or a lack, an abstinence that we, we want to mirror the hunger that we have for God to respond in whatever way we're asking him to respond, whatever his will is and his direction. Now, we just finished a journey through the book of Acts, and one of the chapters that we look at, looked at was Acts chapter 13. We see the church in Antioch in Acts chapter 13 doing prayer and fasting for a purpose. Let me remind you of those verses. Acts 13, starting in verse 2, says this, While they were worshiping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, Set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. And after they had fasted and prayed, they placed hands on them and sent them off. The situation was that the, the people of the Antioch church were fasting and praying because they had a question. Now, the question is not explicit in the text, but we know what the question was by the way that God answered. And the question was, what should we do next as a church? What is our next step? And God answered, and he said, set apart for me Barnabas and Saul. And so the next step in Antioch was to be the first church to initiate cross-cultural missions, the very first church to do that. But this was the way that the church in Antioch sought God's direction. 
by fasting and worshiping and praying. And this is the way they sought his help. And the answer came. And that answer changed the trajectory of the church. That prayer meeting and that time of fasting and worshiping changed the world because they looked for God's will. And fasting and praying is not a new thing. By the time Acts 13 rolls around, think back to Moses, who fasted as he was receiving the law on Mount Sinai, or the Jews fasting for Queen Esther as she risked her life to speak to King Xerxes, or Nehemiah fasting for the city of Jerusalem. Now these examples that I'm giving you of fasting throughout Scripture are giving up food for a period of time and using that period of time where I would have been eating, rather than that, I am praying and asking God for his direction. However, fasting can be practiced in a wider way than that. Martin Lloyd-Jones, back in the 1960s, wrote this. He said, fasting is abstinence from anything which is legitimate for the sake of a spiritual purpose. In other words, I abstain from doing something good and I'm demonstrating that in my heart, God is better. I give up something that I enjoy to show my preference for God and his will above all things. And I'm asking of him something, a move of the Lord, an answer to a question, something. Whatever we set aside is a gift from God. But in setting that aside, we're saying the giver supersedes the gift. And I want the giver in my life. Fasting for a purpose and for a result. In Antioch, it was the answer to the question and the sending of missionaries. What next, Lord? So today, I'm asking you, Quail Lakes Baptist Church, to join with hundreds of other Christians in San Joaquin County for the next 21 days and bring to the Lord in a time of prayer and fasting our concerns. The theme for this period is is there not a cause? It comes from 1 Samuel 17, verse 29 in the King James Version. You need to be reading the King James to find that sentence. But the scene is this. David, the shepherd boy, has gone to the front lines where the armies of Israel are, are aligned and Goliath is threatening them. And David has become impatient with the armies of Israel. Why are you not going out against Goliath? Is there not a cause? And we have a cause. There is a need for God's people to rise up and to prayerfully and humbly intercede for our region and for our nation, for God to do a work. There's a need for us to target in our prayers primarily the issue of this COVID pandemic, the people who are suffering, and those resulting restrictions on our worship. No one is happy about the fact that we can't gather in our sanctuary and worship the Lord. No one is happy that our kids can't go into the classrooms and learn the Bible lessons that we want them to learn. We're not happy about this, but we want to employ the Lord's weapons and fight his battles his way. You see, we're going to get through this. And at the end of the day, when we look back at this period, what I want to be able to say is glory to God. He answered our prayers rather than we won our day in court. Glory to God, he answered our prayers. That's what we want to be able to say. Because our prayers move the hand of God. And the hand of God can move our government. The hand of God can alter the trend of this disease. The hand of God can flatten the curve. 
The hand of God can lower the infection rate, can do away with the pandemic, and can change the minds of our civic leaders. So for the next 21 days, I'm asking you and encouraging you to act, to pray, to fast in whatever way you will, to seek God's face. The objectives of our prayer period are on the card before you. I hope that you keep that in your Bible, put it in your devotional book. I hope that you take it out and use it. Uh, these items uh, are on, listed on the website at KYCC because KYCC is acting as our promotional agent for these uh, efforts. But I want to give you some ideas for how you might engage in prayer in a new way over these 21 days. Uh, for instance, you might choose to initiate a prayer partnership with somebody you know and uh, commit to praying together for these concerns and the other things the Lord will bring to mind. Maybe you want to be connected to a prayer triplet or a prayer duo. Uh, Robin Gordon, our, who, who oversees our prayer commission, uh, she would be happy to help you uh, organize prayer triplets so that you can get together or pray together in whatever way you see fit. You can email her at robin at qlbc.org. She'll, she'll go ahead and start that organization process tomorrow. Uh, maybe you want to publish your prayers on social media or uh, pray over the phone with somebody uh, in order to have a prayer partnership. Maybe you have existing prayer groups or an existing Bible study. Take these prayer requests and make them the center of your prayers for 21 days. Maybe you have a Zoom class that you're a part of. Use these prayer requests as your prayer time and, and then some so that we can see the hand of God move. And also, I hope that you decide to join me in abstaining, fasting from something, some way in this period. Whenever you wish, however you wish, but do it for the glory of God. Now, the fact is, we're really not expecting or asking people to fast for the entire 21-day period. Uh, each of the churches that participate are, are asked to have a focused fasting time, okay? Our focused fasting time is next week. It starts tomorrow, and it continues through the Saturday morning prayer rally that we're having downtown Stockton to Carly Square next Saturday. Uh, and you may choose however you uh, choose to fast however you wish for that uh, focused period. Uh, if you want to fast for the 21 days, that's fine. But for Quail, our focused period is this coming week. And I'm asking you to decide today how you can participate. Maybe it's to uh, abstain from a meal. Uh, you know, one day a week, or maybe it's to, a fast from a kind of food to remind you to pray, or maybe it's to, I, I mentioned in the video I sent out, maybe it's to, to get up early, abstain from a little bit of sleep so that you can focus on prayer uh, in the early morning hours. Whatever you, do, whatever you do, please do it. And even if you don't commit to fast, please commit to pray for these needs in this period. Let me tell you what I'm going to do, uh, and I just want to say, I only say this because um, maybe you want to join me. Um, I, I've decided um, a couple weeks ago, as I knew this was coming, that what I'm going to do is for the next week, our focus fasting period, I'm going to abstain from lunch. I'm going to fast at lunchtime. And what I'm going to do at lunchtime is I'm going to prayer walk around the perimeter of our property. And as I walk, uh, I'm going to pray 
uh, that, uh, the prayer request listed on your page, but I'm going to particularly pray, God, open the doors of this church so that we can worship together again in the sanctuary that you've allowed us to have. Uh, and I'm going to start at the table there, that round table. At noontime, I'm going to be there. I'm going to wait two minutes. After that, I start walking. But if you want to come and prayer walk with me, we have seven stations mapped out on the, on the property of the church, and we're going to pray in those seven stations for these items. Um, you might want to join me. Maybe not. I'll be doing it even if I'm all by myself. But also, we want you to know for the next three Saturdays down in DeCarly Square from 10, uh, Square from 10 o'clock to 11 o'clock, we have scheduled prayer rallies where a number of the other pastors that, are, that churches are participating will join in prayer. Uh, other people will come together, pray f- through these seven items. We'll have music and worship and those kinds of things uh, at those prayer rallies. Totally free. Just make your way down to DeCarly Square at 10. Now, if you go to DeCarly Square at 10, realize that many of the uh, other participating churches are charismatic in nature and Pentecostal in theology and practice, and so the prayer meeting is going to be a little different than what you would have here at Quail. But it stretches our boundaries a little bit, and I know that you you will be blessed and you'll experience a move of God. We want to cooperate with uh, uh, KYCC in terms of their being the publicity agent. So if you have questions or if you want to uh, refer somebody to the prayer uh, items on the card, they have that posted on their website, as I mentioned. They are also taking registrations. They, the KYCC wants to be able to say, okay, we have this many people praying today, this many people fasting. You don't need to go into the details. It's a big, long list. If you just kind of register your name and what you're doing or, or when you're doing it, they will be able to count you in on the on the program if you wish. You certainly don't have to. I noticed that when you came, we had already run out of some of these cards. Not every one of you have this. So we have replenished the literature table. uh, And if you haven't gotten one on your seat, go ahead and and pick one up or as many as you can uh, give away, uh, asking other people to join us in prayer. In all of this, we are seeking God's will. We're carving out time for us to recalibrate our hearts to seek what God wants us to do in reaction to these various things on the card. And as we do that, I want you to remember that Esther, as she asked people to fast and pray, the response that God gave was that Esther found favor in the eyes of Xerxes. In response to the prayer and fasting in Antioch, God gave them direction and the missionary movement began. And as we pray and fast, we have a question. And the question is, How should we respond to the times that we're in? What should we do that would be your will and make Jesus look good in the times that we're in? And in asking that question in prayer and fasting, we gain God's nearness. We have been in perilous times before. And in those times, we have gone to prayer and fasting even as a nation. April 30th, 1863, President Lincoln called the nation to prayer and fasting. And in his address, he said these words. It is the duty of nations to recognize the sublime truth announced by the Holy Scripture and proven by history that those nations only are blessed whose God is the Lord. We have become too self-sufficient to feel the necessity of redeeming and preserving grace. We have become too proud to pray to the God who made us. And that was true then, and it's true today. But we are the remedy to that. 
Our prayers are the remedy to that. There is a cause, and it's the cause of Christ. Join me in prayer. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we thank you that you hear our prayers. We thank you that you respond as you will. We only want your will. We only want what you have for us. Nothing of human invention, nothing that just is the desire of a human heart, but your heart is what we want. And we have seen your hand of power work in response to prayer in the past. We seek the answers to our questions. Once more, Lord, we ask that you would respond in the way that we see you respond in scriptures, in the way that we see you respond in history. Now is a moment in history where we ask, Lord, do it again, work it again in our lives. Show us your way, we pray, for we love you and we want what you have for us. And we pray all of this. And God's people said, amen.